Hey guys, and welcome back to Reformation South. We appreciate you guys, and we thank you for taking some time to uh, join us for another installment. On this episode, we plan on tackling the uh, topic of parenting, um, and we want to offer some encouragement, some direction, some challenge, and uh, those challenges and encouragement are for Kristen and I as well, as we uh, serve the Lord as parents, uh, among other things. But again, this episode is specifically on parenting. So thank you for joining us. If you haven't already done so, uh, if you don't mind actually taking the time to follow us or subscribe to uh, the podcast, if you're listening on whatever platform that you're listening on, if you'll uh, take a moment to actually follow or subscribe, we appreciate that. And that helps us uh, as well on Facebook. Reformation South, of course, is a part of proper ministries, the whole of the scripture to the whole of, to the whole of the people through the whole of life. Uh, you would think I would be able to say uh, our own motto or slogan, whatever you want to call that. But again, we thank you. And I want to start this episode out with, uh, this is actually from crossway.org. Um, if you're not familiar with Crossway, they put out the ESV um study Bible or the ESV Bible, that's their version of translation, but the ESV study Bible, uh, that's something that we use at home, Kristen and I both. Um, so we'll throw that out there as well. Uh, if you're looking for a really solid, but also a, a deeper study Bible, um, some study Bibles out there, you know, they, they're going to have study notes, but some are more in depth than others. The ESV is a really, really, uh, strong, study Bible, but one of the things that Christian and I both appreciate about the SV is in the back, there's just tons of articles and resources um, that whatever your curiosities are, they probably have a resource for it. Um, so if you've ever wondered, like, what's, what's the actual difference between Christianity and Mormonism or Christianity and Jehovah's Witness or... What, what's a way that I could kind of get like a bird's eye view of redemption throughout all of scripture, that all of the scripture really is about Jesus. Um, the SV just has tons of resources like that in, uh, in the back. Uh, so we've been using the SV study Bible for years now and we have other ones, but the ESV is one that I keep near to me <laughs> at all times. Um, so the article that I'm going to start with, is actually just 10 verses that pertain to parenting. Uh, some of the most common or well-known or important verses pertaining to parenting. So I think this would be a good place to get us started for this episode. So let's go ahead and dive in. The very first verse that they list is Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So even with that simple, straightforward biblical truth there that also does contain a promise that Christian parents that, that raise their children in the faith, in the way that they should go. Uh, parents who teach their children the things that honor God and the things that displease God, there is a promise that we can cling to that um, <clears throat> those things are going to stick with the child uh, in some way, shape, or form. And the prayer is, and, and even... Again, there's, there's a promise attached to that, 
Uh, it's not a blanket statement. Of course, there are Christian families that raise their children, and when the children grow up, they, they stray or um, they rebel, or maybe they even abandon the faith. And But there still is this promise that those that do um, train their child up in the way that he should go, uh, there's this hope and this prayer that we cling to that when they're old, they won't depart from it. Um, and so you see, even with this introductory verse that we're using, um, there is a responsibility for the parents to teach the child, to train the child. Um, our responsibility as Christian parents isn't just to take care of our children's basic needs. Um, we are to train them up in the way that they should go, um, train them up, strengthen them, build them up, help them grow into men and women that can go out into the world and walk in the paths that they are meant to walk in, walk in ways that are pleasing and honoring to God. Um, so that's Proverbs 22, 6, Psalm 127, uh, three through five. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, uh, a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. So let's just break that down briefly. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. So just consider that there's so much. Uh, I'm going to have to rein some of this in throughout the entire episode <laughs> to kind of stay focused. But we live in such a world today where I feel like so many parents, and I get it, we get tired, we get exhausted, we struggle as parents at times. But there's also this, it seems to be like this prevalent mindset that it's good to want time away from your children and to like want a break, but like frequent breaks, like all of the time. Um, I know it's a thing now that when school starts every year, you'll have these parents that post pictures of like they're celebrating that school, that school is starting. So they get a break from their kids. You know, they had to spend the entire summer with their kids, but you know, thank God we get a break now because school is going back. And so, and I know that people are being humorous when they do that. I, I, I get that, but there's still, um, to some extent, parents are celebrating time away from their children. And even though people are trying to be humorous when they do that, if there's any seriousness whatsoever in that, and again, guys, hear me, we've got four children. I know that we get tired. I know we get exhausted. I know that some of us, it might be like, there's not even a word to describe how we feel sometimes. Nevertheless, children are heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Children, having a family is a gift from God. Having offspring to raise, to rear, to train is uh, one of the just fundamental facts of being a Christian, or one, not facts, but one of the fundamental truths of being a Christian, because as Christians, we understand that from the very creation of things, God told Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. That was one of the, that was one of the first things that was commanded to Adam and Eve, be fruitful, multiply. That's one of the purposes of male and female. He created them. 
the purpose of marriage is to, uh, one of the purposes of marriage is to uh, produce offspring. That's a gift. That's a reward, right? Then, furthermore, it says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Um, so there's a, there's a purposeful intention. God gives believers children uh, and, and one of the reasons being is so that we can put more Christians out into the world, out into a world that is full of, of lost sinners, a world that is full of darkness and sinfulness and wickedness. Christian families should be intentional about putting little, little sparks of light, if you will, um, out into the world that point to God as creator, that point to the hope of the cross, that point to Christ as Savior. We should be intentional about that. We should be purposeful about that, that we're, we're raising little weapons to go out into the world and invade the, the world with the truth of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is Lord. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. And this is something I know that there's going to be differing opinions on this. And, um, and for those of you who are listening that, you know, perhaps in your marriage and in your attempts to start a family, you have found out that um, there are literal medical or physical uh, hindrances there. And, um, but your desire is to have a family. You know, we, uh, we pray for you guys. We, we can't imagine the struggle uh, that that is at times, the, the spiritual warfare that's involved in that. Um, that's not something that Kristen and I can uh, can literally relate to, but if that is you, and I know that there's so many families that uh, that is a struggle that they have, and that is something that they're praying over and they're fighting through. Um, and so, uh, of course, we don't mean any uh, you know ill will or negative uh, or negativity, or uh, we don't want to downplay any of that. But the 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 scriptural truth, uh, the biblical. Um, teaching is that, hey, you know, at Christian families, we should be trying to grow families. We should be, blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. Speaking of the fact that um, uh, children uh, are like arrows in the hand of a warrior, blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. Um, so it should be, it, it should be a healthy goal of, uh, within a Christian marriage to grow the family, to be fruitful and multiply. Um, and so before I go too long with that one, we'll go to the third one, Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long on the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So in this, we actually have a directive to the children this is kind of a look at the entire family. Children are to be obedient to, uh, to their parents because this is right. Um, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So there again, to the parent, to the father specifically in this, um, the instruction is to, hey, raise your children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Ultimately, it's not, again, it's not the goal of the Christian parent to take care of just the basic everyday needs of the child. It's certainly not the, the, the responsibility of the Christian parent to simply raise your children the way that the rest of the world raises their children. But also we need to understand as well that the Christian parent 
should not be mainly concerned with things that the world says your child needs. Um, Surely we would all agree that the Christian parent ought to be chiefly concerned with what scripture says the children need. And what children need is to be trained up in the way that they should go. What children need is to be uh, raised in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It is far more important for our children to understand that God is real, that God is God. There's only one true God, that God is the creator of all things, that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, that our only hope in life and death is that we are not our own, but but we belong to God. Uh, These are important for our children to understand. And of course, when they're little, they're not going to fully grasp these concepts, but we instill these biblical truths in them. We instill the truth of God and his word in them. And it's something that they grow up into. We give them something that they grow up into. Um, uh, Some of you may have even heard the quote that, you know, we need to be giving our children theology that, that, that they can grow into rather than grow out of. Uh, and so it's good to teach our children things that they, they're not going to fully comprehend it right now, but we want them to grow up into it to where they do have a more full grasp of it, but it's something that they can uh, chew on, if you will, for years. And then finally they get to the point where they can understand it and it causes them to grow and mature. Deuteronomy six, this is four out of 10. And once we get further down the list, um, We'll just close out the 10, but on these first few, first four or five, I do want to make some some comments as I've been doing. So Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Let's break this down real quick. You will teach them diligently to your children. So right there, uh, parents are responsible for teaching their children the word, the law of God. Yes, the law of God. You say, oh, but we're free from the law. Correct, but... All of scripture is God breathed and it's profitable for reproof, correction, for teaching, instruction and righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Children need to hear the law, um, the Old Testament. Um, We need to be teaching children the word, okay? Uh, Here in Deuteronomy, of course, it's, it's talking literally about the law and the commands that were given to the people. And it says, you will teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. So when you're sitting in your house, when you have time together as a family, when you're at the house, talk about the word, talk about, talk about God's word. When you walk by the way, when you're out and about as a family, if you have some free time and you're, you're out in the way, uh, walking in the way, um, speak to your children of the word of God. When you lie down, so before you lie down to rest, to sleep, speak of God, speak of his word, and when you rise. Um, in a nutshell, what's being said here is uh, we should always be talking to our children about God and his word. We should always be busy uh, about the, uh, the responsibility 
of teaching our children about God and who he is and the things that he has done for us. The fact that he is a covenant God, the fact that he is a promise keeping God, the fact that he is a faithful God whose steadfast love endures forever. We should be consistent and persistent in teaching our children uh, the word of God. Hebrews 12, seven through 11. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which, you have, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So in this, we see that it's important that there is meant to be discipline between the parents and the children, that wrongs ought to be corrected, and that is part of training up a child. But also we see that God himself disciplines us, and we have that as an example of disciplining our own. Parents who truly love their children, discipline. Parents who don't discipline their children, it's as if they're treating their children as illegitimate children, um, neglected children. Um, so just consider that. Uh, I'm gonna continue to go quickly through these. That was he Hebrews 12, 1 Timothy 5, 8. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for the members of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So pretty stern words there. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for members of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Psalm 103:13. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those or shows compassion to those who fear him. Exodus 20:12. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Colossians 3, 20 and 21. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. That's literally a, a mirrored verse or mirrored section in Colossians from Ephesians. Of course, Paul wrote both of those. Proverbs 17, 6. Grandchildren are the crown of the aged or the aged. How should I have said that? Aged, that sounds more, sounds more proper. Grandchildren are the crown of the aged and the glory of children is their fathers. So 10 verses to get us started here. And again, that was from crossway.org. Um, <clears throat> but 10 verses to get us started on this topic of parenting. And again, um, I know in, in, in one of those verses I was mentioning that, of course, Kristen and I, we've been blessed with uh, with four girls. Uh, now, for those of you who don't know us, we have two <clears throat> biological children, Wren and Rose. Wren will be two years old in three days. Wow. Um, two years old in three days. Um, and Rose is nine months old. Um, and then we have been blessed with two uh, foster children that we've had uh, going on two years now, and they are 
10 years old and nine years old. Their names are Serenity and Liberty. Um, so <clears throat> we are parents. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, we know that as parents, sometimes you just feel exhausted. You feel like you're at your wit's end. Uh, you feel frustrated. Uh, you probably sometimes have felt like you're failing as a parent, um, that you're uh, you're, you're not getting anything right. Like no matter what you try, you feel like it's a mistake. Um, and so we also know because of that, we need encouragement. We need support. We need uh, people to run, to run the fight of parenting alongside of us. And, um, you know, for what it's worth, even, even if we've never met, if you guys ever need anybody to talk to or need somebody just to ask questions or need somebody to pray with you or whatever else, you can reach out to us. Uh, anytime again, uh, I think I've said this in every episode. I need to just put this at the beginning of every episode. But my number, uh, you can reach out to me anytime 912 339 4211. You can reach out to us, you know, through Facebook Messenger as well. If you would rather reach out uh, in that way, you can email at properministries at gmail.com. Proper ministries at gmail.com, but we'd love to hear from you. We know that we all need that encouragement. We need brothers and sisters to come alongside of us and fight the fight with us. Uh, But we also know as parents that there are plenty of days where you just, you say, wow, you know, look what God is doing. And you see, you see some of the successes and you see some of the highs and the mountaintop experiences uh, as a parent. And those days are just wonderful you know, you can't even, you can't really even put them into words, just uh, the feelings and the emotions that you experience on those days uh, where it's like, wow, you know, we, we've seen God's faithfulness. We've seen, we've seen our child grow, mature. We've seen how smart they are. We've seen how talented they are. We've seen how they've, um, how they've been able to, to overcome an obstacle in their life or how they were able to think through a problem for the first time ever. We've, we've seen how they're they're starting to be able to harness their emotions better. They're starting to be able to communicate better. It's amazing the details that you catch um, as a parent. And and even all of that that I've just said, it, it does point to the fact that children really are a gift. It is a reward to have children. It is a blessing to have a family. And um, something that uh, I think all parents would agree with it. It's very humbling. It's very sanctifying to have children because on those days where our patients may be running thin or maybe we were tired from work already and then we get home and something happens with the kids and it's just like, oh my goodness, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, um, being a parent has a way of, or let me say it this way, this will be, this will draw out the point better. God uses having children as a way to expose more of our own sinfulness so that we can so that we as parents can be further sanctified and better used for his glory. So if you've never thought about that before, I would I would I would challenge you to to consider that and maybe ask yourself if you agree with it or not. You may not agree with that. However, again, I encourage you, I challenge you to really think about that. God uses being a parent, having children, God will use that in our lives as the adults to draw out and expose more of our own sinfulness so that we can be sanctified 
and better used for his glory. Um, and with that being said, uh, before I dive into some of the resources that I want to share with you guys and, and so forth, let me say that one of the reasons that I even had the idea to to make this into an installment of Reformation South is, you know, since we've had, uh, Kristen and I have been married for three years and only for like 10 months of that, <laughs> something like that, only for like a year of our marriage did we not have um, any children. So for for the majority of our marriage, even as young as it is, we've always had children. Uh, and so for the time that we have had children, I will confess, you know, I'll, I'll put it right out there in the open. I have struggled so badly with just like day after day consistency, meaning like having a family devotion every day, praying with our children every day, um, going over a catechism or like a question and answer with our children every single day. I've struggled with that. And it, it's so, it does get frustrating because it's like, oh, I thought about doing it an hour ago, but then I forgot or whatever else. If, if y'all haven't caught on and I've never been properly diagnosed, but ADD or ADHD, something, something's there. Uh, I pick on myself all the time. Other people have now started to pick on me about that. So I'm sure, I don't know, but that's me. You That might not be your struggle. Um, I know some people would say that they just struggle with apathy. Like they, they don't ever feel like, they're going to have, you know, the wherewithal to say, oh, we need to stop and do this. And they just, well, it wouldn't work anyway. It wouldn't work even if I did do it. So they're kind of apathetic. Um, some people just struggle with knowing where to start. Um, they feel like, well, I, if we do family worship or if we do a devotion or if I pray with them, I want it to be something that, you know, you're already thinking about the end goal. Like I want to, I want to make sure that it's something that they're going to remember forever. I want to make sure that it's really, really amazing. I want to make sure that it's, you know, that it's a big deal. And, and, and if that's you, let me, let me sit on that one for just a second. If that's you, I want to encourage you with this. If you're taking the time to pray with your children, it, it could not be any more amazing or special than it already is. Because that's, that's what we're called to do. If you're studying the word of God with your children, even if it's, you know, even if it's just a few verses that you're helping your children understand, it, it could not be any more of a big deal or a, any more amazing than it already is. You're sharing the word of our holy God with your children. If you're taking the time to answer even one question that your child has about God. Again, it could not be any bigger of a deal uh, than it already is. And and I know that we live in a world where everything has to be like, you know, something that you can post on Facebook or something that you can post on Instagram or Snapchat or something like that. Um, I want to encourage you, f forget all that stuff. Like being, being a faithful parent not everything is going to be a Facebook moment or a Snapchat moment or something that you can write this beautiful post about. And I also want to encourage you with this. Um, don't fall into the trap of doing stuff with your family just so you can post about it later. Because if that's why we're doing what we're doing, we're not doing it for God's glory anyway. We're doing it so that we can show other people about it later. And that's an idol in and of itself. Um, 
I feel like we've, we live in a world, our generation and the generation behind us, um, we live in a world where we have lost sight of the beauty and the significance of having moments that only we and our loved ones know about. Um, that so in the, in the case of, of this, in the case of parenting, you know, there's something special. There's something beautiful with everyday moments that only us, our wives, and our children know about, or us and our husbands and our children know about. It does. It's not for other people to know. It's not for other people to 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 see and say, "Oh, y'all are such a wonderful family. Y'all are such a great family." Like, who cares about all that stuff? What matters is being faithful to God, and um, you know, and I and I'm. I, to use a term, you know, I'm stepping on my own toes with that one. You know, there's times that I get caught up in, oh, I'm a pastor, so I need to make sure I'm doing this with my family so that other people will know that their pastor is doing it and I'm setting a good example for other people. Well, even that's not the, I shouldn't be having family worship with my family so that I can make sure that other people see their pastor doing it. Like that's not the right motivations. That's for the praise of, of other people. And so that's something that, that I struggle with at times. But at the end of the day, guys, there's being faithful in your parenting is not always going to be something that you could write some exciting Facebook post about. Now, are there going to be days where you just say, I, I just, I feel like this would be encouraging. I feel like this would be a blessing to other people to know how God worked in our family. Yes, of course. And those are wonderful days. But we've got to get past thinking like every single time we get together, every single time we do something, something really, really significant that we get to tell other people has to happen. Sometimes the significant thing is your child actually understands the scripture reference and actually understands the text. And they go to bed that night pondering and meditating the word of God. They might not even say anything to you about it. Well, you're not going to be able to make a post or anything about that. And guess what? That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and it's magnificent and it's miraculous. If God is helping our children understand his word, you know, that, that goes so far above and beyond how many likes we could get on social media, how many followers we get or whatever else. It, none of that, all of that pales in comparison. None of that even matters in the grand scheme of things. Our aim should be to please and to honor God with our parenting. Now, if you're apathetic, go back to that one for a second. If you say, well, it wouldn't matter if I tried, you know, I, and maybe you're apathetic because of something in your own life. Well, it wouldn't matter if I tried because my children have seen me fail so many times. They would just, they would think, daddy, why are you trying to do this? We know that you struck. Don't fall into it. Spending time in the word of God is never a waste for you or your children. Spending time in prayer is never a waste for you or your children and if there is things in your lives, husbands or wives, uh, mother or father, that your children have seen, that your children are old enough to know that's something that mommy or daddy struggles with, use that in your family worship. Be open and honest with your children and say, hey, look, guys, each and every one of us as a member of this family, we're sinners. And even if we're, even if we're saved by the grace of God, in our flesh dwells no good thing. Teach your children that truth and say, look, Daddy, mommy, we got stuff that we've got to repent of too. By the way, you 
it's 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 okay to ask your children for forgiveness sometimes. You say, hey, shouldn't have done this, shouldn't have done that. Ask for forgiveness. Pray with your children. Let your children hear you ask God for forgiveness and repent of things. Um, maybe you're just not in the habit of doing this. And I would just simply urge you, hey, start the habit of doing this. Spend time with your children in the word of God. Spend time with your children in prayer. Spend time with your children asking them if they have any questions. Um, spend time with your children uh, explaining that all of creation, um, the heavens declare the glory of God. Um, creation uh, displays his, his, his handiwork. You know, uh, everything in life, everything about all of creation is connected to the truth that God exists. Um, uh, so there's so many opportunities day in and day out to minister to our sons and our daughters. Uh, and I pray that each and every one of us is sincerely um, attempting, seeking to glorify God in our parenting. And so one, well, a couple more closing comments before we just go to the resources because I do want to give a list of resources here. Um, in the day and age in which we live, <clears throat> um, a lot of what is needed is simply parents that are teaching their children the created order, meaning uh, even simple truths. Boys are boys and girls are girls. Um, boys and girls are meant to grow up and get married and be fruitful and multiply. Boys and boys are not meant to grow up and get married. Girls and girls are not meant to grow up and get married. Uh, in fact, there's no such thing as a boy and a boy getting married or a girl and a girl getting married because God himself came up with marriage and came up with a family. God defines gender. God defines marriage. God defines family. Those are, um, those are objective truths. Uh, they're not, uh, they're not meant to be debated or questioned. Uh, you can't change them. They just simply are truth. They are fact. Uh, and they're unchanging because God is unchanging. So since God is the sovereign creator over all things, God is the one who gets to define creation and define uh, the order of creation. Since God created all things, God is the one who says, this is how I created it to work. He alone has that authority. We, we don't get to change the rules. We don't get to bend the rules. So we're literally living in a world today where people would say it's not true that a boy is a boy and a girl and a girl. What is true is that a boy can become a girl and a girl can become a boy. And the reason that that's a bit, and I know that a lot of you listening would say, yeah, isn't that crazy? That's the world we live in today. But you really need to think about the fact that that is the truth. That is, that is the world we're living in today. And so what our children need is to be told at an early age, hey, you need to be ready. You need to be prepared to say, no, here's the truth. The truth is what everybody is saying is true. That's made up. That's a fairy tale. That's nonsense. 
Because here's what is true. God is the creator of all things. God is the one who gets to define uh, gender and marriage and family. God is the one who gets to define and set in place the created order because he alone is the sovereign of all creation. Um, we need to be teaching our children these things. And that that is just basic biblical truth. And hear what I, I, hear what I said. That's basic biblical truth. You say, oh no, the gender study stuff, the marriage, those are all political points. No, they're not. They're biblical points. God defines marriage. God defines family. God defines gender, male and female. He created them. And there's a purpose in that. Be fruitful and multiply. Um, So just keep that in mind. Sometimes we don't need to overthink it as parents. Uh, If we're just teaching our kids basic truths that God is God and he makes the rules and All creation is his creation. We exist because he upholds everything by the power of his word. Um, We need to be teaching our children this. Um, Secondly, simply put, we need faithful parents that trust God to honor his word. Um, So what I mean by that is this. There are, and and we read a few of them, but there are promises that God gives his children about raising their own children um, that at the end of the day, we need to understand that as a Christian parent, it's not our responsibility to, to make sure our kids get saved, make sure they get baptized, make sure they go to church, make sure they do all the, you know, check off the list. Well, when my child was 10 years old, they, they said a prayer and claimed that they got saved. When they were 11 years old is when they got baptized and they've always been it. That's not what we're called to do as parents. We are called, as we read, train up your children in the way that they should go. Um, raise your kids in the knowledge and instruction of the Lord. Uh, teach your children the word. When you're at the house, when you walk by the way, when you're laying down, when you're waking up, uh, teach your children these things. That's what we're called to do. And we are to rest in the fact that God honors his word that God is God. If God has told us that he will, that he will uh, bless us as Christian parents, if God has told us that he will uh, work uh, through us as we train up our children and as we teach them and as we instruct them, uh, we need to just be faithful in that and trust that he will honor his word. Uh, if we are told in scripture that uh, faith comes through hearing and hearing from the word of God, then we need to trust that. All we can do is share the word with our children, raise them up, teach them of the faith, but we can never make our children get saved. We can, and, and, and if, we get, if we get to the point where we do just try to get them to make a decision and get them baptized, here's the thing, guys. Just because our children make, make a decision one day and get baptized the next day doesn't mean that they were truly born again. So, Please don't fall into the trap of thinking, oh, well, I just, I've got to make sure that my kid makes a decision and my kid gets baptized because I got to make sure they're saved. Listen, if you want to make sure your kids are saved, again, first and foremost, you can't actually make that happen. But here's what we can do. We can teach the word to our children. We can share the gospel with our children. We can pray for the salvation of our children. We can be faithful in the mundane things, praying with our children each day, spending time with the word each day, um, catechizing our children, 
uh, and we can trust that God is faithful, that God is faithful, that he will honor the teaching and preaching of his word in the lives of our children, that he will raise them up to new life, that he is, that he is good. And even, even if, even if our children grow up and we never know of a day that they are born again, that they proclaim faith and uh, if, if we pass on before our children and, and, and when we pass, we've, we've still yet to see a day where they have been born again and, and profess faith in Christ. We have faith that God is still good and he still honors his word. That's what we can do. So we need faithful parents that trust God to honor his word. We can't take God's work into our own hands and think that we can save our children just by, you know, working hard enough or having them in church enough. No, we just, we trust God. We are, we need to be obedient to his word and teach our children, train our children, raise up our children in the way that they should go. And we need to just rest that God is good and he is faithful to honor his word. It's not gonna be glamorous. The results aren't gonna be overnight, but there is beauty in the mundane. So that harkens back to what I was talking about earlier. You know, a lot of a lot of being a faithful Christian parent isn't, it doesn't look glamorous. It looks, I, to a lot of people, they would probably honestly say it looks boring. Uh, you, you, sit, you sit down with your kids every day and ask them questions like, what is the chief end of man? You sit down with your kids every day and ask them questions like, what are the holy scriptures? Uh, that sounds weird. That sounds, and I'm talking about even Christians would say this. Even people who call themselves Christians would say, that's weird. That's, that's too much. You know, we, you don't want to get too, you don't want to get too serious about that church stuff. You know, that's, uh, you don't want to be a Jesus freak, you know, to use something that when I was growing, I'm only 32 folks, but when I was growing up, you know, the whole Jesus freak thing, that was, that was a really popular song by DC talk, but also in like, even within churches is like, Oh, don't get, don't get so serious about following Jesus. You know, you still want to be normal right um um and so so whatever it may be it's not going to be glamorous and yes a lot of people would would probably look at it and say well that's doesn't that get old now that seems a little tedious you take time every single day to just read the bible out loud with your children to sing a song with your children and our answer should be Yes, absolutely. And it might seem boring, but we trust that God is faithful, that he's going to honor these things, that he's going to honor his word and he is going to act for his own namesake. He's not gonna do it for my sake or Christian's sake. The salvation of our children, the, 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 the working of God's will in our children isn't ultimately for mine and Christian's sake. It's for his own namesake. It's for his own glory. And we ought to trust as Christian parents that again, God will be faithful. But for those of you listening that maybe you haven't done family worship, maybe, you, maybe you're not consistent having family devotions or studying the word with your family and you're thinking, well, well, where do I start? What is it gonna look like? I'm telling you at the outset, don't expect it to be glamorous. Don't expect it to be this, this magnificent, oh, look how... Look how easy this is. Look how perfect this is. You know, we, we decided to start doing this and it's just going so smoothly. Listen, your kids your kids might get bored. 
Your kids might roll their eyes when you say it's time for family worship. Your kids might complain about it. Your kids might start to fall asleep. Like it, it, it's going to look like normal everyday life. And sometimes normal everyday life could be a little frustrating. Again, you might lose your patience. Your, your, children's, your children might lose their patience. Uh, they might not want to do it. You might not feel like doing it, but we do it anyway. We're faithful in the everyday things. And again, this I remember I started this. I've struggled with this for uh, over two years now. Um, I'm not I'm not doing this podcast with somebody like, well, I've, every single day for two years, so let me tell you, blah, blah. no, I'm still struggling with this. Um, but by God's grace, I pray that each and every one of us, that we feel that, we feel a conviction and we feel a remorse uh, for for not worshiping with our families as we ought to each and every day. Uh, for not studying with our families, not praying with our families each and every day as we ought to. Um, So we need faithful parents that trust God to honor his word. It's not going to be glamorous. Um, The results won't be overnight. Um, You know, like a lot of things, spiritually speaking, you you might pour into your children for 10, 15, 20 years, and, and you don't see them come to salvation until they're, you know, 40 or 50 years old, or you, they might come to salvation, but you don't, you don't see certain things in scripture click with them to where they really grasp it until years down the road. But again, we're trusting God to be faithful and for God to do what he wills with our faithful service in our families. So faithful parents that trust God to honor his word, it's not me glamorous, the results won't be overnight, but we need to believe and understand that there is beauty in the mundane, everyday things within our families, specifically the everyday practices of family worship, prayer, um, all of those things. And we need to be in the habit of doing that every day. So with that being said, I want to end with a list of resources. So first and foremost, just some books that I want to share with you guys that have been a huge uh, blessing and benefit uh, to our family. Um, I want to start with one. It's called The Biggest Story. Uh, this is by Kevin DeYoung, but it's called The Biggest Story, How the Snake Crusher Brings Us Back to the Garden. Uh, now this one I would say is, is it's good for all ages, um, but I would say probably, you know, you're looking at, uh, I'd say six or seven years and up with this one. Uh, and even on into the teenage years, you know, this would be a good one uh, for teens to be able to read on their own. Um, but you could probably guess, you know, the biggest story. So it's a it's a kid's version of how all of the scripture from Genesis even to Revelation, Genesis to Revelation is one great big story of God's redemptive plan for his people. And the reason that that's important, uh, so important to me is... Um, I still meet adults that have been Christians for years and years and years that they fall into the trap of thinking like, oh, the Old Testament is for Jews. It's about the Jews. It's for Jewish people. The New Testament is what's really for us because we're the church folk. Um, But guys, all of scripture from Genesis to Revelation is one big cohesive story. It's all connected. So this is a really good primer. Uh, Of course, the gospel is in here, but it's also a primer on how to study the Bible, really, because it helps the children understand, oh, Genesis is actually connected to Revelation and everything in between is connected 
too. God actually promised the snake crusher in Genesis. The snake crusher doesn't show up until way later and the snake crusher is returning. So it's called The Biggest Story by Kevin DeYoung. Also, just a side note, for those of you who love art and good um, illustrations, the artwork in this book is amazing. I mean, it's just, it is top notch. So The Biggest Story by Kevin DeYoung. Highly recommend that book. Um, this next one is really going to be, a, <clears throat> I guess, um, a double suggestion. Uh, the kids' version is called Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. And again, I would say, you know, seven or eight years old and up. Of course, you can read this to younger children. This has pictures and stuff in it as well. But as far as really grasping it, um, you know, six... Six to seven and up, seven and eight and up. Uh, and that's Caleb. I'm not a professional, but that's my suggestion there. <clears throat> Again, the illustrations are really good in this, but it's Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. Now, this is just a children's version of Pilgrim's Progress. Um, so if you've never read John Bunyan's Pilgrim Progress as an adult, I would highly recommend that. Uh, or as a teenager, Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan. So P Little Pilgrim's Big Journey is the kids' version of Pilgrim's Progress. So just a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, addition to your library to read to your children. Now, this one's a bit longer. So this would be one of those. Um, this would be one that you could um, uh, really, really easily integrate into your family worship. Um, you get together, you pray together, sing a song, uh, read scripture, and then you could cover, you could easily cover a chapter of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. Or another suggestion would be to cover a chapter of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey and then go to the scriptures for your illustrations um, and your connections of how the gospel connects to Little Pilgrim and his big journey. So Little Pilgrim's Big Journey, and of course, that's the children's version of Pilgrim's Progress. So if you don't have either one of those, I would suggest both. <clears throat> the next one is called The Garden, The Curtain, and The Cross. The Garden, The Curtain, and The Cross. This one is by Carl uh, Laferton. Um, the illustrations for this one is really good um, as well. Uh, and I'll... I'll try to put all these uh, recommendations either in the, well, I know I can put them in the podcast description, but also when I post the podcast to Facebook, I'll try to actually put a link to all of these uh, recommendations in the comment section on Facebook as well. So this one is the garden, the curtain, and the cross. Uh, it's similar to the biggest story in the sense that it does connect a lot of the big picture narratives. So the garden of course, the curtain and the cross. Um, and so it goes through uh, some of the foreshadowing in the Old Testament that points to Christ uh, as Savior and ultimately culminates, of course, in the cross and why that is so significant. This is a shorter one. Uh, this is one that you could definitely cover um, in a night as a, uh, as a nighttime reading before bed or, uh, or something like that. So our girls really, really loved uh, this one. We've read this one uh, a few times, as well as The Biggest Story. Um, Little Pilgrim's Big Journey, 
Uh, I think we have made it through that one one time, um, and we've uh, we've gone back over a couple of chapters on that one. But the garden, the curtain, and the cross, and the biggest story, uh, those are some that you could cover in one night or maybe two nights if you needed to. Um, there's also, uh, I should have said this earlier with the biggest story, but there's the biggest story ABC edition. Um, so the biggest story ABC, this is for you know, small children. Uh, even if you wanted a book to help your child learn the alphabet. So that's what we're talking about here. The biggest story ABC, each letter of the alphabet uh, signifies a different uh, part of the story. So A is in the beginning, God created Adam and Eve. B is everything was beautiful in God's good world. So it's still telling the biggest story, but it's doing so while also teaching the alphabet. C, of course, uh, we're in Genesis. So C is then Adam and Eve sinned and everything was put under a curse. Uh, But D is, but God promised to send a deliverer to save his people. So just a really, really good uh, book and a really, really good tool to teach your very, very young ones um, about the gospel and the great big story of God's redemption, uh, even while teaching them the ABC. So there's the biggest story, and then there's the biggest story ABC edition uh, for the very little ones. Um, then we have, uh, I really, re- I'm a huge fan of this one just because uh, I like wordplay. So, of course, theology is the study of God, uh, but Marty Mikowski wrote the book called Theology. Yes, you heard that correctly. If you like good wordplay, I know you're smiling from ear to ear right now. So theology is the study of God. Marty Mikowski wrote Theology. So it's literally uh, a book that helps teach your children, your young teens, um, help them understand theology. Uh, but it's written in such a way that it's easy to grasp, easy to, easy to comprehend and latch on to. It's written in a very engaging way. So just the table of contents, Theology of God. God always was and always will be. So the eternality of God. God is three in one. So the Trinity. God created everything out of nothing at all. So creation ex nihilo or creation out of nothing. God is all powerful. God is in control. The next chapter is theology of people. God created man and woman in his image. As I was talking about earlier, we need, we need parents that are teaching their children basic truths, Right? So theology of people, God created man and woman in his own image, the first husband and wife. God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. So talking about fellowship there. Theology of sin, Satan's first temptation, sin into the world through Adam. So just a really, this is actually, you could actually use the word robust. This is a robust introduction for children and teens about you know, the, the deep things of God. Uh, the deeper things of God, but it's written in such a way that it's very engaging, very interacting. And, and, and by the way, let me mention this. I'm, I'm sure y'all have caught this already, but I, I want to make time to actually you know, articulate this. Um, one of the great benefits of doing this with our children, of teaching our children about God, um, our children are going to ask us questions. And as we answer those questions, our faith, And our understanding of God is going to grow and be strengthened and it's going to mature. 
Um, and our kids may ask us questions at times that we might have to say, you know, I'm going to have to think about that one. I'm going to have to study on that one. I'm going to have to get back to you. And we're going to have to be humble enough to let our kids know, hey, mom and daddy, we don't have all the answers already, but we're going to study the word of God with you. We're going to lead you. We're going to train you. We're going to answer your questions to the best of our ability. Um, but it's a very humbling thing. Uh, you're going to have moments where you're studying theology with your children and you're going to say, well, I needed this. I needed that. You may even have moments where you think, oh, I guess I've never really understood that. <laughs> and now, and now I see it more clearly, you know? And so God really does bless the whole family top to bottom through simple faithfulness to his word, our obedience to raise our children to train them up in the way that they should go. So those are some books that Christian and I, of course, would highly recommend. And no book is more highly recommended than scripture itself. Um, you know, start in Genesis. Go through Genesis with your children. Go through, if you if you want a more, I guess, a shorter book, you know, go, go through James with your children. First John, um, uh, Ephesians is is one of my. I hesitated to say that because I'm I'm thinking of myself going through Ephesians and I can't contain myself when I go through Ephesians. I just I dive off the deep end and I go all the way in and it, it is just when you're talking about children, I'm really picking on myself because I know that I would I would probably finish talking about it and I would look at my children and they'd be looking at me like, Dad, you've lost you've lost your mind like we we lost you ten minutes ago. Um, but Ephesians is a great one to go through. There's so much rich theology uh, there in the book of Ephesians. Uh, so, of course, Scripture itself is the most highly recommended book, and that's where we should spend the bulk and majority of our time in family worship. Music. Um, of course, we, we love music. Our kids love music. Um, so a couple of things I wanted to share with you here. There's a wonderful album specifically for <clears throat> little ones. Uh, it's by The Corner Room. So The Corner Room, that's the name of the band, the group. The, the album is called Remember and Proclaim. Remember and Proclaim. We use Spotify at our house. If you use Spotify, you find that very easily. It's on uh, Apple Music as well. Um, but these are literally just scriptures that they've turned into songs. So the first one is Psalm 106.1, 1 John 5, 3 through 5, Isaiah 41, 10, and, and the list goes on. But very, very well made, very well done. The songs will get stuck in your head in a good way. So you'll literally be singing scripture with your children throughout the day. Really good album. Um, the Gettys, if you've never listened to the Gettys, Keith and Kristen Getty. Uh, now, they don't, their albums aren't, they do have some children's albums, but their music isn't specifically for children but all of our girls our two-year-old the nine-month-old she dances when this comes on she starts to wiggle uh but the 10-year-old the nine-year-old we love this entire album uh the particular album that i'm talking about here is called um confessio irish american roots but the song in particular that everybody loves is called past the promise so past the promise by the gettys is a really good song recommendation that we would give you guys but anything by the gettys they just write such scripturally sound, beautiful music there. Um, 
Sha Lin. I know that's kind of a weird name if you've never heard that, but Sha Lin. S H A I Lin. Shai Lin. Um, he's actually a, a Christian rap artist, but he also has a children's album. It's, it's called Jesus Kids. Uh, and yes, it is uh, still in the rap department. Um, but there's <clears throat> there's uh, catechism songs. Um, there's Gotta Know the Books, which is a song teaching the books of the Bible. Um, Only Jesus is probably our favorite song off of that one because the whole song, like the tap, the the hook of the song is like Adam wasn't good enough. Noah wasn't good enough. Moses wasn't good enough. It's Only Jesus. Um so only Jesus is good enough. Only Jesus is uh, mighty enough, great enough to purchase our redemption, to be our savior. Um, all of the Old Testament figures, and uh, they ultimately fell short. Only Jesus could truly be our redeemer. Uh, there's a remake of A Mighty Fortress is Our God for kids. Um, so, And then on the flip side of that, just in general, if you like rap, um, Shylin, he's not a Christian rapper, just like he's putting fluff out there. Shylin, well, for example, he's got two albums called Lyrical Theology. So he's got two whole rap albums that are just, he's rapping about doctrines uh, and he's rapping about like weighty theological issues. Um, so I would encourage you to check out Shylin. Um, and then there's, I just forgot the name of him. Give him. Give me a minute on my own podcast. I'm going to try to look it up real quick. But there's this, uh, I actually just found this the other day when I was looking for something new to listen to with uh, our two-year-old. Cedarmont Kids. I've got no idea where Cedarmont Kids is out of. But they have an album just called Bible Songs. And um, a lot of it was like old hymns. And so if if you do want something that's more along the lines of like teaching your children some of the older hymns, Cedarmont Kids, um, and it was just that one was just called Bible Songs, um, and then last but certainly not least, two apps. Um, I left out a book earlier intentionally because I wanted to link it up with this with this topic of apps. I've just got two apps to share. One is simply called the New City Catechism. New City Catechism. If you download that app, there's actually a switch that you can take it from the regular catechism to kids mode. So if you're not in the habit of using a catechism, uh, or if you say, I don't even know what what catechism is. So catechesis or catechizing, uh, really at the end of the day, um, it's a form of question and answer that is meant to teach, meant to Uh, help us retain information and use it. Uh, Theologically speaking, uh, catechism is question and answer about God, about theology, about doctrine that helps us, whether that be children or adults, uh, retain that and and help cement our faith um, and and, and help us carry it with us always. It, It helps us hide his word in our heart. So for example, on the New City uh, catechism on kids mode the first question is what is our only hope in life and death the answer is we are not our own but belong to god so the second question is what is god the answer god is the creator of everyone and everything question three how many persons are there in god 
There are three persons in God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So they're very uh, simple, straightforward question and answers that break it down in bite-sized chunks that help us remember uh, sound doctrine, the, the great doctrines of the scriptures and the great truths of God and who he is. Now to tie that in with a book, there is a illustrated Baptist catechism. Uh, it's based off of a Keech's catechism, I believe, but it's an illustrated book. And so it's specifically for like family worship when you're catechizing your children. Um, and so keep that one in mind as well. And it's just called the, um, oh goodness. Um, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure I meant to have it here with me and I don't have it. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's just called the Baptist Catechism. Uh, but it's, of course, it's for children. Um, beautifully illustrated um, and a really good addition to add to your family library. Yes, the Illustrated Baptist Catechism. I was correct. You can find that on reftunes.com, reftunes.com. Uh, but the Illustrated Baptist Catechism. And then lastly, and this is one, uh, as you grow, as you mature in family worship and, and doing things with your family, or if you're looking for something that, that you and your kids can really just sink your teeth into, there's a wonderful app called Little Pilgrim's Theology. Now, I've saved this for last because this is the most robust tool uh, that I had to share with you guys. It, it is um, a platform that you pay to use if you pay monthly i think it's like four bucks or then it's something like uh maybe it's seven bucks because i think the special was like 55 dollars or something like that for the full year um so it's really it's really inexpensive you're you're just you're just paying enough for them to be able to keep the platform up uh and to be able to offer this to to families all over but uh once you purchase the software you can, you can have it on your phone, your laptop. It, it Once you have it, you can log in anywhere, right? So you and your family will have access to it. Um, it's, it's truly amazing. This is one of the things I have been most excited about over the last few weeks. Um, there's so many options as well. Now, if you are a homeschooling family, uh, this is actually something that you could easily integrate into, and this could take over your whole theology curriculum or... Uh, Bible curriculum for your homeschooling um, uh, co-op or, or if you're just a family in and of yourself, you could use this just among your own family. But something that we've been using a lot lately, and, and by the way, they have every, a lot of doctrine, like just specific, like soteriology. So the doctrine of salvation, the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of God, the doctrine of scripture, the doctrine of the spirit, the doctrine of the church, the doctrine of end times, uh, so on and so forth. They have a whole section on apologetics, so how to defend the faith. Um, really, really deep stuff. But honestly, all that we've been using since we've gotten it, we haven't even got past the ABCs of theology. So in this section, it, of course, each letter of the alphabet has its own segment. So A is for atonement. B is for Bible. C is for Christ, D is for depravity, E is for exegesis, F is for faith, so on and so forth. So just for example, I'll click on atonement, A is for atonement, 
There's a two to five minute video, animated video for each of these letters. There's a memory verse coloring page that you can print out. There's an application worksheet. How amazing is that? Uh, where you're actually teaching your children and yourself how to actually not only listen, but to be able to listen and think through it and apply uh, what you're learning and to be able to answer some questions about it and to really be able to think through it. Then there's also a Bible study worksheet to print out where they have their scripture reference that they need to read over and think about. And then they have a little worksheet. It's only two questions. It's not a lot of work. It's just two places where they can answer the question and write out their own thoughts. There's also a, a quiz on the lesson. Now, before you, I don't want anybody thinking, oh, this sounds like difficult for my kids. These quizzes, these worksheets, they're super straightforward. They're super, um, really at the end of the day, they're super easy because the, the platform is built just to help your kids really be able to think through some stuff and, 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 and connect the dots quickly. So none of these questions are like trick questions or anything else. They want the kids to be excited about being able to answer the question properly and remember what they learned in the video. So um, even, I know that you guys haven't watched the video on this one, but I'm going to ask you the first question. Who atones for sin? Man, God, saints, or animals, right? So the quizzes are not theologically difficult, especially after watching a video and reading a scripture on the topic of atonement. We would say that God atones for sin. So Little Pilgrim's Theology, I would highly recommend investing in that for your family. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to this installment of Reformation South. Um, I pray that it's been an encouragement. I pray that it's been a challenge. I pray that it's been a blessing. Uh, guys, do reach out to us anytime. Properministries at gmail.com. Uh, my number is 912-339-4211. Um, you can reach out through Facebook. If you enjoyed this, if you're enjoying the podcast, please make sure to actually subscribe, like us, follow us, whatever button you need to click on your platform. Share us with others. Um, let us hear from you, whether that's through uh, leaving a, a podcast comment, a Facebook comment, whatever. Let us hear from you. Reach out to us. Uh, we're in the Glenville area. If you guys are looking for a place to worship, Mindy's Baptist Church, uh, Sundays at 11 a.m., Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Um, so uh, we pray that God be glorified in all things and that God would use this podcast and our ministries in ways that he sees fit. Uh, we pray for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We love you, and we'll catch you on the next installment of Reformation South.